This is Darth Vader. You are listening to The Zack and Andy Show, Episode 7. Which means you are a part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Also, I am your father. Roll the theme tune. Zack and Andy Show, the only place to go. To hear a couple of guys giving shitty advice on the music industry. Hey guys, welcome back to the Zach and Andy show. Episode 7, we have been going hard at this and Andy is sick of me. Yes. Andy, how are you? Well, Zach, it's, it's wonderful to be back as ever. Uh, episode 7, we're eating Zach's uh, three-year-old macaroons <laughs> and drinking some fine tea. And uh, but today we're going to talk about... Zach, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about social media for the modern musician. Social media for the modern musician. How about that, Zach? That's a snappy title. It is. It is. Uh, you know, and I think that there's going to be, there's a lot to it. Uh, uh, this this podcast, we're going to do our best to try and cram as much information in as we can and as much real life experience that we've both had. Real people. Real life experience that we've both had regarding uh, this topic and why, um, why social media is... It's a vital role uh, for for the modern musician, but why it's definitely not the sinkhole. Like it can be a sinkhole if you let it be as well. A sinkhole. You can get sucked into. You can it. get sucked into it like a vortex of of pain. Yeah, a vortex of pain. And uh, on on that note, Andy. <laughs> um, yeah, we're uh, we're uh, just gonna gonna kick right into this one here. Now, can I, you talk, can you clear up the macaroon thing? Why the why these yeah, have been sure. why they're three years old? So why they've been in your cupboard for my, three years? My my lovely partner um, got us some uh, some snackage to go here with our our beautiful tea because we just need. <laughs> you look, didn't dink look, it. They're good. Oh, you got to... Why did you say dink? You dunk it. You don't dink it. Who says dink? I I made a mistake. They're so <laughs> no offense to to you and your partner. You know they're good macaroons, but. They're so stale. I mean, they're three years old. I don't know why these have been in the cupboard for three years. Because you forgot to eat them. You can hear the crunch. Look. They came all the way from Paris as well, which is great. That does nothing for me. Anyway, let's get back on I'm topic. I'm sorry that you, you know, you've been there before. I haven't been there. You haven't been to Paris? Not yet. I'm missing out. I'm going next year. It's a beautiful place. It is. Um, I'll go next year. One Very wide pavements. Really? Yes. Point of... Uh, you know, point of knowledge from Andy for this podcast. Wide pavements, people. There's lots of room to do sightseeing and walking around. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. It's a thing, awesome. guys. Um, I will say this. Social media, it can be, it can be uh, an, a, very, a very powerful tool for the musician. Mm. It can be a pitfall, as we said, mentally. Um, have you noticed, before we get into it, Instagram have uh, recently... Got rid of the like count yes, on, on a post, yeah. so you and can't, you can no longer see how popular a post is, yeah. you know, on the face of it. Which I think, what do you think of that? It's a really controversial kind of thing because I, I know that like having a specific podcast episode talking about social media, there is a lot of people out there that it's actually affecting in a bad way uh, because there are a lot of people who have you know, gone out of their way to, 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 to get themselves into a position where Instagram um, is actually a source of income for them. And, you know, it may end up being their, their full-time job, running a business and utilizing Instagram as their main form of advertising. So 
this this could be an interesting interesting way to see how it affects those individuals. But for everybody else, I I think it's really good. And I feel like there's a lot of detail to go into why, and it's definitely relevant to this particular podcast. But the first thing is, is that it's going to start to weed out the, the tastemakers, so to speak, that are not actually putting out quality content. I think that's, possibly. I yeah. think honestly, I think it's good because no longer are you just following. You know, I think there's a psychology of seeing a post that has fifty thousand likes or five million likes, and then you just going, "Oh, okay, I'll follow the crowd and click that." And I think it's more like you're actually, you know, you're going along and you're looking at content that you, if you actually appreciate it, you're going to click like. And it's it's just, I don't know. It's more more for me. It's that whole social media can be. <laughs> <laughs> nice sack. <laughs> uh, uh, I think social media can be like a a real fucking mental disaster sometimes. And you know, posting something up, checking, oh, has it got? Oh, it's only got you know five likes, or it's only got fifty likes, and it hasn't done uh, as well. And now it's just like, yeah, definitely. you know, just put your stuff up, leave it, let let it be. Stop worrying about the numbers. It's all a popularity contest. It's a really dirty game when you get into it, actually, social media. It, it makes me feel dirty. Even if I, I work hard on something, a video, and then I post that video. And I've worked hard on it, and I really I think positively of it. And then suddenly, as soon as it's up, I, I almost just feel empty inside. And it's kind of this... It, it's hit or miss. Sometimes you can actually... It can affect, it can affect you, your mental state. If you're posting regularly and all you care about are those numbers. Definitely. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's, it's weird though, because there's a lot of, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, um, studies and, and science that's gone into, um, you know, looking at how social media affects people. And it's very real that there's, there's a lot of new developed anxiety and depression for people that has only been around since, mm. Um, since social media think has of, been... Think about social media for a second, right? Yeah. How long has that really been around? Of course, we had like MySpace when back back in like, what, 2003 or something? I don't know when. Yeah, but social media in the form that it is right now is about... It, it's a it, sort of it, between, not, uh, between seven to nine years, I think. Yeah, so in the way that it is now, which is literally... It's fucking replaced TV. That's how big it is, I think. It has. It's and, and definitely replaced You TV. know, that's what you did. You watched TV back in the day. Mm. Back in the 90s. It was just, or early 2000s, I think, you just, you just watched TV. And there was no such thing as getting your phone out. I mean, phones didn't even have internet back then. They were just a phone for a start. Or maybe you played Snake or something like that, you know? But yeah, but a phone was just a form of communication. It wasn't How like... about those guys that had the, the phones in their cars? Oh, yeah, oh, man. Oh, the phone, the car phone douchebag. Car bag. phone, yeah. I once... Uh, I once I remember I got picked up from school by a mate's dad because we were getting picked up together. Obviously, it was nothing oh, and weird. Oh, he had a nice and car. And he, he had a nice car and he couldn't wait. He pulled over on, before dropping us like five minutes from the school, he pulled over and called, made like a dentist appointment. And it's like, you couldn't fucking wait. This is 1995. So this was a big deal, man. This guy yeah, had a, a fucking phone in his car. I had a phone in my shower. You had In what? Bristol in England. Yeah, when I lived in England. What, in case you were suddenly in the shower and you're like, you know, I could really go having a chat with that school friend. Yeah, no, it was kind of like the phone would ring and I'd be like ready to press answer. And then like it'd be my dad. And I'm like, I don't really want to have a conversation with my dad when I'm naked in the shower. So I kind of left it at that. 
Isn't it weird though? But you yeah, think about weird. that, right? But yeah. then think about like all of the people now who have, I, I, I don't do it myself, but I, I know people who will take their phone with them to the bathroom to get ready in the morning. And then they'll have their phone sitting outside the shower mm. or sometimes even sitting in the shower whilst they're having a shower. And it's just, like, it's an it's, addiction. It's, it's actually really very unhealthy. Yeah. And I, luckily I'm, I think I'm one of the few people who detest scrolling through. I don't do that. I don't, I use social media quite selfishly, honestly. And, and, just a tash. Yeah. <laughs> I post my own stuff. I promote myself and, and what I'm working on. I kind of just get it up there and I leave it to the gods of social media. I don't <laughs> like, I'm not one of those people who would just constantly be filling the gaps in their day, scrolling through stuff. I don't care. I don't care what people had for breakfast or, or you know, some someone arguing some fucking something about something that doesn't matter. And I just, I don't know. I'm not one of those people. I do. I am. I'm not an influencer. I'm not. An, I'm not like an Instagram influencer. But I, I, I use it as a tool to promote my business, which is what we're going to talk about today, right? We're going to talk yeah. about how to use that, not you, not to just hit like on a bunch of random people. But how to actually how to actually push your your own products and promote exactly. yourself. Exactly. Yeah? And I think the thing to 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 take into consideration as well is that, you know, um, like you say that you're not a, an influencer. Um, when it comes to your social media and, and, and Instagram and all of that kind of stuff. But I definitely say that it really depends on what you describe as an influencer as well, because in the past, and funnily enough, from very recently, that would be accurate to say in the past, that was then based upon the numbers gain for people. But now, because, because the other thing to point out is that different social media platforms have different ways of responding and different like accuracies on how effective they are. And at the moment, the facts are in that Instagram is the most like you, if you do something through Instagram, um, it's far easier for it to be effective than it is on the other platforms, generally speaking at the moment. Okay. Well, it's a lot easier than it is on Facebook at least that's for sure. Um, YouTube is a different beast and I definitely am going to lead, let Andy lead the way on that one. Cause he's had the most in, uh, you know, the most experience with that. But the thing to think about when it comes to Instagram is that influencers was dependent is always dependent on the like game now, but because people unless except the person who actually has the profile can't see how many people are actually responding to that. It's now going to be about who has the best message or the best content. Mm. And it's not going to be about the like game anymore. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, ho uh, I still think hopefully. it will, I still think it will have that kind of the exponential growth factor of if you have a million likes on something, it's going to be shown to more people. Cause there's that, I think as a percentage thing, it's almost, I think if I'm not mistaken on Instagram, your, your stuff gets shown to like 10% of your followers. Yeah. And, and there's another thing is if you're followed by a load of fake accounts, you're better off getting rid of the, if you can block those accounts or delete those accounts, they're taking up some of that 10%. They definitely and, are. And they're not going to be commenting or anything and they're not going to be engaging with you. So actually what you want to do is have, <coughs> you know, hardcore 
fans who give a shit and will 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 connect with you and maybe buy your product and you know or at least interact and and yeah. be be somebody who's you know who wants to be there for for some kind of meaningful mm. meaningful I, reason. I, I think those big big posts, even though we may not be able to see, they've got five million likes. Yeah, I think they will still do better because they'll be they'll be hitting they'll be going to more people because they've proved themselves on I that think, level on the I think yeah algorithm I fucking hate that algorithm word everyone's yeah. everyone's throwing that word around now like like they like they understand the science behind all the all the cogs of the machines of social media and it's just such a fucking cliche word so I want to avoid that word honestly I don't really care for it anyway yeah. so yeah um, but, but yeah. oh I guess- they've changed their algorithm did you hear they've changed their algorithm you didn't fucking know what the algorithm was before just post your shit Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, I think probably um, my main point on that was less about the people who are already there with, you know, I mean, somebody who's got um, enough followers that when they post something is getting 5 million likes doesn't need Instagram to succeed, basically, because they're already kind of, they would be so well known on a more public basis. Mm, Yeah, but unless that's... Yeah, unless that's where their fame came from and that's how they But even then, like, it wouldn't there'd be enough enough people to interact to get that many response from some like that much response from a post on a regular basis. Mm. That person's got to be a quite a public figure. Mm. Already. Because that amount of responses it's very hard to pull off on Instagram. Mm. Um but either way, um they probably already have like a quite a large YouTube following and all of that kind of stuff as well. So Potentially, I, I don't know. I think there are some stars, that, stars, <laughs> I use that term loosely. I think there are some people who just do Instagram and, and nothing else. I think there are smarter people will do everything, a bit yeah. of everything. And that's something I wanted to talk about was these days, there's no excuse. If you're no. in a band or you've got any kind of business, it doesn't matter what your business is. Um, let's, let's just talk about music now, but honestly, any any business or art form, You've got to be on every platform. There's there's really no excuse these days. It's so easy to promote yourself. Yes, it's hard to stand out, but you really have to be pu- pushing your goods on every platform. So you you want to have an Instagram, you want to have you know Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. You want to probably be on Bandcamp if you're doing the music thing as well. Even though Bandcamp will take a cut, I think you're probably going to be left with about 80%. Once Bandcamp and PayPal take their take their bits, which is still worth it, but it's still worth having it because some people might even if you sell your album on your website, Bandcamp. Some people may only find you via Bandcamp, so it's important. I think YouTube's important. Even how many albums have you come across where you just accidentally found something on YouTube and you listen to the full album or you listen to a song on there? If you're not putting it on there, you're losing potential followers and potential. Um, buyers and you know fans i would say that there's probably about 50 artists that i have found through clicking on something on youtube that's connected to to another another thing that i'm looking Mm. at and going you know what this this sounds like i might give this a crack yeah yeah. and then or or this looks really cool or the music's great too you know like Mm. all of those things Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i think i think the thing to to uh to realize is that if it de- it de- depends upon what you are trying to pull off because everyone's trying to do something different some people have a very clear message that they and they don't like they don't want to flood um the market with you know what they're trying to do but 
Um, you know, those are sort of more few and far between, um, talking about sort of more artistic kind of musical projects, et cetera, where they, they have a very specific approach to how they promote themselves. But, um, generally speaking, um, you kind of write on the money there to say, and this is a good way to us, I guess, to sort of start actually talking about the topic at hand involving musicians and music and, and social media together, which is when it comes down to it. People, unfortunately, right now, are, I just think that it's really hard to, to actually get people to pay attention to creative things these days mm. because they are spoiled for choice. Yeah, um, there's, this, there's too many of us doing it for a start. Yeah. Everything is, the perceived value of it is, is nothing. So mm. everyone expects it for free and everyone just assumes it's going to be there. We've kind of touched on that on another podcast but um yeah i agree with that it's hard to stand out but i think one of the biggest ways to stand out is to to realize that people want to invest not just in the product not just in the music but in your personality right so looking over at the at the screen is there a problem with the recording zach no no it's all going fine there's okay. just something that i've got to do but uh we'll oh. fix it up no problem okay. <laughs> are we good to carry on should we take it to a break no no we'll carry on one we'll thing i want on. to mention is this microphone is wobbling like there's no tomorrow because it's balancing we can, we can rectify that you we know what i think, that I, think break. I think um what what we'll do we'll, we might we might go have a quick break we're gonna need um, a break this is a disaster guys no it's disaster. not a disaster no, it's not. It's Episode seven, we still haven't got our shit together. We are totally fine. Three-year-old macaroons. This is a joke, Zach. There's one left. You have it. Sure, done deal. All right, so we're going to take a quick break um, and uh, we'll just cut to commercial because that's what we do. But uh, <laughs> we'll come, when we come back, we're going to start to talk about... Uh, I think we need to talk about the personality thing and talking about uh, comedy getting letting people into you if you're if you're a personality you, you got to let people in that's the key thing you definitely do let people in talk Pe about different ways to get people uh interested in your music that you maybe didn't think about and also more importantly ways for you to discover how you truly actually want to be representing yourself on social media uh, and yeah i think we'll roll with that all right zach let's do it this is uh you're listening to the zach and andy amateur hour uh and uh let's fix up these technical problems and we'll be right back done i was working on the farm one late evening i remember it really well i got in a combine harvester and i started plowing the field you know then suddenly out of the woods this big black bushy bear came out i had my shotgun mind so i blew his bloody teeth off and i buried it behind the shed and had my supper George, we just had a call from a neighbour saying their dog's gone missing. A dog? I don't know nothing about no dog. Come to think of it, it was quite a dark night. I should probably go have a look. God, you're not joking, mind. It's only a bloody golden retriever. Oi, Marge, me lover. Pop the cat on and get the neighbours over. I got some splaining to do. There's nothing you can't get through with a country brew. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Zach and Andy show. Technical problems have uh, subsided for now. And we are back with episode seven. Yeah, we are Coming back. in hot. We're back. We're ready. We're fired up. I'm still getting through my brew. My brew is stone cold. I've got a look, I've got an inch. I've got a cubic inch at the bottom of my uh, 
You've got a cubic inch. <laughs> At the bottom of my mug, I should say. <laughs> right, okay. And I'm not going to drink it because, you know, it, you know. You're going to defy the brew. Um, I, You're going to defy the brew. Andy, I'm not drinking am, that. Uh, okay, I'm fine. not drinking you know, that. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I thought that we were brew bros, but that's okay. No problem. Dido wrote a song about this. Yeah? It's a thing. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Seriously, guys, <laughs> um, we're talking about social media, how you can utilize it, how it can fuck your life up mentally. Um, and, and just, I don't know, maybe we can throw some hot tips at you. If we know any, we're not experts. We never pretend to be experts. We're just a couple of mates having a chat. Exactly. And we decided to film it and put it out there. Um, if there's anything useful, excellent. If not, then, you know, whatever. Give us something to do on a Sunday. But mostly send us a hate. But send that hate through. Yeah. Mainly to Zach. Hate mail is always accepted. Zach is always ready. You're ready for that, aren't you, Zach? Uh, you've, been, yeah. you've been ready all your life. I have been oh ready. Oh my life. That's fine. You're just going to start singing oh on the podcast. <laughs> on my way here, that came on in the car. And I was just yeah, like, damn. I had to air drum it. It was a thing. Anyway, right. Social media. These days, honestly, it seems to be more about the personality. People want to buy into your personality. They want to know the person behind the music. They don't just want to hear the music. Um, it's not like it was in the 80s or, or you know, the 70s even or even maybe even the 90s. It's not like that anymore. It's not like, I think it used to be this big, mis like the mystery of this composer or the mysterious band and they were looking, you know, cool and dark and handsome and, you know, maybe they give very, rarely give interviews and you're like, what's, I want to know more about this guy and, you know, or this girl. And, and now it's, it's very much, I need to know absolutely everything about this person in order to invest in them. Um, it's the game has changed. It's not how it used to be anymore. You no. need to be an open book in a way, don't you? You do. And it's also, I mean, it's quite controversial. It's quite confronting, especially being, you know, somebody who's sort of out there talking, um, you know, or showing, showing, you know, yourself to people in a very public forum, which social media is obviously. Um, but it's also very, I guess it, we're very lucky as well because you can definitely if you find, you know, those people out there who, who actually have a lot to give, you know, we're, we're really privileged as well. We, we've got the ability to be able yeah. to get information um, and insights into, you know, creative processes, um, psychological processes, anything involving, you know, some, th some things that you're passionate about. And, and if you, it's just a click away, really. Mm. Mm. We're very lucky. But we, we are lucky. It's a different time. It's not how it used to be. You know, subscribers on YouTube, that's like the new mailing list. You know, yeah. it's it's not it's like that's like the new fan club. And, you know, you've got Patreon and stuff like that where you literally is it is a fan club. But if you look at, you know, even 10 years ago, you just had these like Metallica fan club and maybe they'll send you a poster every year and you're, you're, you're paying money to be involved in this kind of thing. Now it's kind of like, guys, just hit subscribe and you're in the club and you get to see you get you know alerted to our content and stuff very useful tool i still think the email mailing list is a great tool though. it is a very good tool um, people neglect that they they do but, but it's i've it, heard that it's yeah no it hits home i've actually been doing a lot of um, research into that uh, recently as well um because I, I i've got a lot of um, entrepreneur um you know podcasts and 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 resources that i i I like to look into um, because it's, you know, for me, I find that stuff quite interesting. And all of them, you know, they, they keep hammering home how important email really is because at the end of the day, there's something professional about email. 
Mm. Something about it that 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 still has that kind of like, oh, this is a, a bit more official kind of, and also harder to ignore. I feel yeah. whereas just a not just another spam Facebook thing is easy to ignore. Some guy invites you to like their page. Oh, here we fucking go again. Talk more on that in a minute, actually, because that's interesting. But yeah, I think you're right, and I think again, it's just tapping into everything. Why not throw a mailing list on there? Exactly, you know? and and. You should definitely still treat. I know that social media and email aren't always necessarily treated in the same bag, um, but an but an email list really is it's another form of media for you. Yeah, it's as, almost as, it's almost as, social as, media, as a, isn't it? Emailing, I suppose. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just a different. It's just a yeah. different form, and it can be a lot more official as well, which is yeah. kind of useful if you have something really, really important. You know, say for instance, you've got a a new music video that's coming out um, and you you really want to make sure that people spread the word, a great thing to do is if you've got an email list is to send everybody out a free option to be able to stream the song ahead of time before it becomes available. Mm. And then the only way that they can do that is they sign up on the email list, you know, and then to, to sign it, you put in you put in on your social media, they sign up to your email list then they get a link to be able to stream the song, um, which is which is awesome. Then when the music video comes out, bam, they get an automatically generated email with the copy of the link straight mm. to YouTube. Then they can just click on the email, go straight to YouTube, and you know that they've gotten it. They've already listened to the song because they signed up for it. So the chances are they're going to watch it on the video mm. on YouTube as well. It's a good tool. It's a another It's another way of... Keeping people in the loop of what you're doing, keep the news alerts. You know, oh, I'm working on a new album. Well, you know, it's like it's like any advertising. You bring out a new film. You know, if there's no advertisement for that film, no one's going to know it's happening. No one's going to give a shit. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to listen to it. So, exactly. Yeah, it's a good exactly. tool. Um, so, yeah. um, you were talking about. Uh, I guess the big thing is is people are interested in personality. So yeah. Roll, roll into that a little bit. How has personality affected you when it comes to your social media presence, Andy? And what tools have uh, you utilized to, I guess, be able to show the real you out there to people? <laughs> I don't know on what the real. Media? I don't know what the real me is anymore, Zach. But honestly, yeah, it's very jaded. <laughs> I am. No, honestly, you know, everyone who follows me knows I'm a musician and a big lover of music, and I write all kinds of genres for all kinds of mediums and all, you know, I play multi-instrumentalists and all, all sorts, but also at the heart of it, I, I don't like to take things too seriously. I've always done a bit of comedy and I think that just a touch. <laughs> I think that's honest. I know I don't take things too seriously. I don't get down about social media. I don't care about the public, the, the kind of popularity contest. I, you know, of course I want to be popular, but I'm not, posting 10 times a day and that kind of stuff. I do try and do some funny videos. I get a kick out of making people laugh. Um, and that's, that's another thing that drives me really. Um, and that's turned out to be a really, I think a really good thing for me that, um, I think I've got that, that extra thing that people are like, you know, they're able to enjoy a bit of comedy on the side. And, uh, it, you know, it, I'm not. I'm not. I'm never creating a personality. I'm just being me, honestly. Yeah. Um, which I think is even more effective. People, I don't think you should put on any kind of persona, honestly. I think you should just be you and let people in. 
I would rather, honestly, like, I would rather watch John Petrucci take a shit on YouTube than play a guitar solo. Like, these days, you just want to see people doing normal shit. And you're like, oh, that's John Petrucci. Oh, he takes a shit just like everyone else. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I was on YouTube the other day and this pop-up came up for, like, Ola England, I bought a house. And I'm like, uh, okay. And before I could even think about it, before I could even question whether it was a good idea to watch this video, I'd clicked it and I was 15 minutes in to Ola England signing the papers to buy a new house. What the fuck? Why would I give a shit? But here I am watching another man buy a house. I should be watching this guy play guitar, but I'm watching him buy a house and it's just great. I'm like, this guy's buying a house. Yeah. And, and, and just fucking, it's, yeah. It's because you're kind of i mean obviously you are a little bit invested in in him as a person yeah you know? i guess i, I don't and know it's 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 just people doing real things it's 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 real it's you know real, it's yeah. real dude <laughs> real baby and and, and and obviously a lot of people know me for the vlogs i've done especially with the band um i've i've i've, I've probably since about 2015 i've been vlogging every tour i've done more or less um with the band and also doing my own little mini vlogs and all kinds of stupid videos. And, you know, it's fun. I don't do it because I think it's, I'm putting on a fake thing that people are going to buy into. That's never it. I think just be yourself and have fun. But comedy is a huge, huge marketing thing because people, people are more likely to watch your stuff and listen to you and enjoy what you're doing. If you don't take things too seriously and you can make them laugh along the way. Definitely. And I think the, 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 the thing that works really well for you is the fact that all of that stuff comes naturally because you're not trying to, to, to fake any, any of what you're doing. And that's the biggest thing that a lot of people out there who are either struggling or have found a little bit of success, but then can't back it up mm. is doing something that's not you. Yeah. Now it's it's different if you're trying to experiment and still trying to find out what you are good at or how to express yourself. How to put yourself across. How to put yeah. yourself across. That is different. I'm not saying that you should not try new ideas. I mean, we try new ideas every day. Mm. It may not necessarily seem like it to other people, but we are I'm always finding that I'm trying to do something different. Not because I want to stop being me, but because I want to find out, you know, different ways that I can still be who I am, but also try a different different what approach when mm. it comes to that. And well, honestly, I, I'd say some people are better in front of a camera than others. Of course, some people can talk mm. to a camera better than others and have a kind of presenter kind of vibe. And I guess, you know, that works for me when I do those vlogs. I think anyone can do it. If you're just looking into a camera, just saying it as it is, anyone can have a conversation with someone they trust and they know. And you just have to become friends with the camera. And one thing, uh, Rob Chapman, very successful guy, he, he said that you just need to be a caffeinated version of yourself. Basically, you know, just imagine you've had five cups of coffee and get on the camera and just talk shit. Yeah. People are going to, people are going to, Find something interesting in there. I would hope, at least with what we're doing. Yeah, and and the other thing as well is if you're if you're quite young and getting getting you know worked up about you know how well your social media is doing and and how well things are going for you when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to the image that you're trying to present and all of that, 
take this with a grain of salt as well. Maybe you just need to have a little bit more life experience. Yeah, there's that too. Like, yeah. and and find maybe you know you haven't really found yourself almost. I think that's when you get older, you kind of settle into yourself, and you just go, you know, I tried this and I tried that. I kind of have a better idea of who I am now. Definitely. I mean, I had no idea what the hell I was doing five years ago, let alone ten years ago. Yeah. You know, it was just, it's all an experiment. But as things go by you have more situations that you can draw on where you go, well, that failed and that didn't fail. So I'm going to do the thing that didn't fail and then try something new on top of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking back to when I was about 15. There's a video on YouTube. One of my first ever videos was about 15 years old. It's about 15, 16 years ago now. Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like the same shit I do now, which is hilarious because I'm just, it's just basically outtakes of me screwing up. And it's funny. And I left it in because it was funny and it kind of hit home with people. And I guess I got some kind of buzz from that and I've gone, yeah, that worked. And that's, I kind of just want to inject a bit of comedy and a bit of fun. Have some fun with it, Zach. It doesn't have to be like this fucking hiding behind this cool, shrouded, mysterious figure like, like, you know, other bands were in the 80s. It's just not like that. Nobody wants that. Look at Matt Heafy. Matt Heafy makes more money now from Twitch, playing video games on Twitch and writing songs on Twitch than he does playing for Trivium. Exactly. But because people are more interested in fucking who he is than... He's, I mean, he's a know. very, very interesting person because he's, he's spent, you know, a lot of time and a lot of effort to go into, um, you know, getting himself to where he is, you know, physically, mentally, creatively... Um, you know, he works. I'm going really... to put on the video. I'm going to put a picture up of me and Matt Heafy when I was about 15. When I met Matt Heafy, yeah, for the first time when they toured on the Ascendancy tour, it's hilarious. I have long hair down to my nipples. It's down to your nipples. It's bizarre. Yeah, I'm going to awesome. throw that up. It's probably yeah. Bam. Done. All right. There we go. Crack on. Um, but yeah, the point is, is that you know he didn't get you just he's looking longingly at his tp yeah it's still still cold <laughs> we'll have to uh later on when we have another break we'll have to fill that one back up again yes, um, please. it's it's sunday morning here and and i'm i'm still feeling a bit rough i don't so. <laughs> i don't think we're caffeinated enough honestly i sometimes. honestly i don't but uh, this is a cool topic so i'm still yeah. happy to roll yeah. with it but yeah, yeah, yeah the point is is that mahefi is is a great example of somebody who has has a lot going for him He's very talented, but most importantly, he's always himself. At least, and especially now within the last sort of five to six years, maybe a little bit earlier in Trivium's career, he was still finding himself. He was very young. <laughs> I have no idea, Zach. I he, don't he, know. He, you I sound don't... like you're, you sound like his dad right now. I, I, look, How do I we know? To, I talk to Chris about all of this kind of stuff all the time because he, he paid Chris, Chris uh, from, from Monolith Plug. Uh, you know the producer that I get to I get to work with a lot, and he's a good friend of ours. He's a massive Trivium fan, and he's gotten the chance to tour with Matt Heafy and stuff. So you know he's he's tried to pay attention to what he does for quite a lot because you know for him he's 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 somebody to to aspire to um, in many different ways. So it's just it's interesting to see. Um, you know I've been a fan of them for a while, probably not as long as this guy though. Well, I mean. I was I was a huge fan in the early days. Not I, I don't know I don't know what they're doing anymore. Um, but but anyway. definitely a huge influence when I was fifteen, sixteen. To the time um, when you were doing things. <laughs> when I yeah recording you know playing metalcore and recording yeah it was it, it was obviously it's been a huge influence on me. Definitely. But, but the, yeah I mean the point is 
point to keep fucking banging home is just be yourself. Let people in. Let people see not necessarily everything. Of course, I don't want to necessarily watch John Petrucci take a shit. It was just an example, guys. But um, calm down. You know you wanted it. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, some people might say that uh, you know the last Dream Theater record was basically him taking a shit. Boom. Oh, that is. That I'm is joking. Some... Actually, it was a really good record. I don't know why I said that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, calm down, mate. no, it was fantastic. Um, big Dream Theater fan, guys. Big Dream Theater fan over here. Um. I prefer Opeth. Ho! It's two two different things. Love Opeth too. Yeah. Have you heard their new song? No. It's um I don't know. I don't know if it's a return to form. It's got great stuff going on. I just I for me, I feel I just feel like I I don't think I can quite get into the latest kind of the prog rock stuff that they're doing so much. I kind of I miss the, I miss the old days with Opeth, honestly. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was all about Watershed, um, and okay, yeah. um, I mean, Ghost Reveries, probably. Yeah, Ghost Reveries, and um, what's the the one? Not Blackwater Park, one before that with Face of Melinda, or what is it? Not Melinda. Uh, no, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, there's Damnation. Still, still life. Uh, still life. Yeah, still life. Yeah. Yeah. Orchid. Couldn't really. I wasn't, because of the production. I so wasn't. I wasn't awful. a fan of Orchid, but yeah. I guess that's probably you know. That's the hardcore. Fan. You know, he's the hardcore yeah. fan when you see him wearing an Orchid hoodie, and they're just like unaware that that album is is so unlistenable production wise. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's that, great uh, writing. God, it's great is, writing wise. Well, I just wish it's, it, that's a great podcast. Is like I don't think it happens so much anymore. We're going off on a tangent again, but that. A band with just the fucking worst recording going. Is that even a thing anymore? That even even a new band's new first demo these days can sound like a better polished end product than you know even fifteen years ago. It definitely an established can. bands band. Uh, it's it's, album. it's it's interesting because um, you know you look at all of the studios uh, back then, which we're talking about the nineties basically, mm. um, and what what had to happen to be a, a like professional, you know, higher tier level recording studio for heavy music was you just had to have so much money to be able to get there that there were a lot of these studios out there yeah. that the, the producers were really good, but the gear was just outside of their reach. So they had to make do yeah, with what so they had. So it's all this big analog equipment, these big consoles and tape and, and racks and racks of stuff. Now you can do it all on computer, pretty much. You definitely can. And you can do a better job a lot of the time than than going to paying a lot of money for a studio with an engineer who can't be fucked. There's a place in Bristol. I'm from in England. That a studio. I'm not gonna. Men, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the name. Of it. Throwing them under the bus. I'm not gonna gentlemen. say the name. Or not. But every Bristol band would would go and when we we're talking when we were like 16 and we were all in bands and every band in Bristol more or less would go to the studio and get their first EP made, right? And it'd just be a guy who didn't give two shits about, he just wanted the money, right? He was charging them like, I don't know, 300 pounds a day or, or whatever. Yeah. And the results were shockingly bad. The fact that I was making better albums on my eight track at home 
Exactly. And, and this guy's got like this whole studio and the band's are like, this is the only way to do it. I was like, no, it's not the only way to do it, guys. Think about it. Be smart. Get your own shit together and you can do a better job because you're going to put more love into it than this random guy. Yeah. Who's I mean, just raking in all the money. How many, how many of the studios in, you know, um, you know, in, in Sweden, you know, creating the Gothenburg sound, how mm. many of those at the time when they were actually starting that had all of the, the shit hot gear a lot of them didn't. Yeah. And it wasn't until some of those records started to do really well that they could actually afford it. And yeah, all and that it's... previous stuff, they just had to make do with like, you know, like a console, like they might have a half decent console, like a nice Tascam 16 track console, but then like they didn't have the greatest, you know, outboard, like to have their outboard effects gear. They might have just like the average even tied outboard me, effects gear and I all that kind of stuff. You probably agree that it's, it's not. It's probably less about the equipment and more about how much the producer, the engineer, the guy mixing it cares, and how much they want to put into the project. Definitely, and how much they, and how they know how to use their gear. So, I I was a whiz on. I was a whiz. I was a whiz kid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> on on Logic back in the day. You know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. I I was I was able to put an album together that sounded better than. You know, people who were recording in studios and paying an arm and a leg because I, I knew how to use what I had, and not the other guys not necessarily know how to use a console that was costs you know as much as a house. Yeah, or more. Yeah. yeah. So um, massive segue, but massive. really cool, 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 interesting stuff. It's we should very, talk about that in another podcast. We so. definitely actually will. I am, you know, Andy. You can just write that down. I'll write that down in the breaks. Okay, cool. So something that. We're going to bring it straight back into the the topic at hand. Something that a lot of people do know, but even we do know as well, but we don't follow through on it necessarily as much, is how often you post, how often you need to post if you want constant growth, um, and when, and where. And all of those different things are huge different segments inside themselves. We'll try and condense it as much as we can. Yeah, and again, like we don't know, we don't know everything. We certainly. I hate do to not. use the word algorithm again, but look, there's, there's, there's. Everyone's got their own idea of how Instagram, Facebook, YouTube works. Everyone, yeah. you'll go on, you'll, you'll try and do this research, and you'll find a million different people. Someone will say, "Oh, you, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't post something as a draft and then publish it because that." fucks with the algorithm you don't know that come on like no you've you you may think that you i know of people who post stuff a certain way and if it doesn't do well over a couple of hours they delete that and they'll wait until a different time of day that's a bit more uh, reasonable i think posting depending on where your fan base is i think timing of your post is 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 definitely relevant um mm. and a great thing about social media of course is that you can look at the analytics and you can find you know country by country how how many lists how many people how many fans you've got yeah. i mean there's 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 tools out there there's third party tools that you know will actually go so far as to analyze down to the hashtags that you use and down to the country you yeah. know and the time as well yeah and, and, the then, most... and not just the time of the post yeah so the timing of the hashtag which is something we've both learned recently from yeah a contact of yours so <laughs> so basically Posting, I I probably have a bigger following in the States and in Europe. 
yeah, you know, definitely. in the UK and stuff, rather than Australia, which is where my base is now. So I'll aim to, and sometimes agonizingly, I'll wake up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. to get a post out that I think will do better in, in those parts of the world. Um, and I do see that. So if I post in Australian time, like 7 p.m., not many of my biggest fan base will see it. And I know that because I've seen the breakdown of where people are from. And I know that most of my fans are from Europe and the US. For you, it will be different. It'll probably be most of your fan base would, would probably be from locally. I would assume from Australia, Currently, right? Yeah, at the moment, mostly in Australia, mostly probably more like the east coast of Australia and yeah. Adelaide. Um, so timing, timing in that sense matters. But then there's, there's this recent thing which we've discovered, which is the timing of the actual hashtag you use. So obviously, we'll talk about hashtags more in a second. Mm. But if you hashtag, let's just say guitar, right? Yeah. Pretty broad. Just an example. If you, if you hashtag guitar at 2 a.m., that may not do as well as if you hashtagged guitar at 2 p.m., right? Because yeah. there's there's like there's more... You can do the research. as You can pay, can't you, to get some yeah, kind so of... Yeah, so you can get some third-party... There's third-party um, uh, companies that actually will review hashtags running for all of Instagram, yeah. and then they'll review different countries... And all the way down to different cities as well, if you want mm. them to, um, and can actually look at the response. So, say for instance, we're going, we're talking about hashtag guitar, right? So, hashtag guitar, we might say, okay, we're in Australia, so probably a great time to post would be maybe around about six p.m. because yep. generally speaking, six p.m. people are they haven't quite had they haven't they were coming home from work or getting home from school. Um, they haven't quite gotten settled into having some something to eat for dinner yet. Um, maybe they're still on their way home. Maybe they're still stuck at the last bit of the end of work as well. Or, you know, um, maybe they're on, if they're lucky, they're on some holidays or something along those lines when they're thinking about, oh, it's, it's kind of like a, a time when people, generally speaking, it's a transitional phase. So what are they doing? Well, these days and age, they're probably on their phone mm. because that's just what seems to be the go. And so if somebody's on their phone, when, when everybody is on their phone, you're going to have the biggest response for hashtags. But that's only dependent upon where they are in the world as mm. well. So like at 6 p.m. in Australia, hashtag guitar might be 80% more effective. Yeah, because basically it, it take, took me a while to get my head around it, but there are way more people searching for the hashtag guitar. Therefore, you've got a lot better chance, you've got a bigger chance of, of people seeing your hashtag. You hashtag, you're basically, hashtag is basically indexing your post so that when someone searches for that hashtag, your video comes up. So you want to pick a time, if you really want to get down into, into it, when that hashtag is as at its biggest, so that you've got a bigger pool of people to to hit. But yeah, I mean that you could go in so far into details. I think you it's could. more important with the actual timing of the post. Um, but honestly, that re recently I've just been like, you know what? It's it is what it is. I'm just gonna post. I'm just gonna and, put and, stuff out there. And that's actually what I wanted to to sort of scoot to is that. There's all these people that look down, look, look, look into the specifics when it comes to how to post, when to post, where to post, what hashtags to use. The brutal reality of the situation is, is 
until you have an established following, and I'm just going to throw a randomized figure out there to say, if you want to say an established following, something like Instagram, let's say 10,000 followers, right? That then gives you a lot of access to other features and things to make Instagram more useful for you. Yeah, I think you can sell. I think you can, you can like sell things with links once you get to 10,000 or something like that, or you, you can you put can, links you, on your stories and things like that, which you can't you do. You can do the links on your stories. Yeah, and stuff 10, like that. So yeah. like they, they open, it opens the game up, doesn't it, when you have A bit more, more. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it makes it a lot easier for you to be able to push um, out there. So from zero to 10,000, which is where we both sit right now, Andy's a lot closer than I am, um, the main thing to think about is, you're out there and you're wanting people to to invest in you. So why are they investing in you? And that is the most important thing because all the hashtags in the world aren't going to get you 10,000 followers if you don't have anything that's worth putting up. And more importantly as well, you need to have a lot of things that are valuable to put up as well. I mean, recently for myself, I'm going through a stage where I'm I'm, I'm looking to actually start to deliver on putting out more regular content. And I put a lot of time and effort into thinking about all of the different analytics involved with it. And then something just re- dawned on me. And I thought to myself, all of these people out there that I have invested my time into, you know, I, I think I follow maybe about four or 500 people. So like not a dramatic amount, but not, not a small amount. And I've gone through recently and unfollowed a whole lot of people that just don't provide any value to my time when I actually am, um, you know, looking on the internet. Um, and I look at all the people that are providing value to me and uh, most of them are creative people or, um, you know, they're, they're, they're cool personalities that have been of somebody that has, you know, inspired me during my time. Um, friends, obviously, um, and family. Um, cause it's always really nice to be able to see what family who doesn't live in the same city that you were, you know, is doing so that you can try and at least keep up to date with what's going on and interact with them. And when you see them again, you could talk about that experience that you saw that they, you know, that they showed on their Instagram, et cetera. But the thing to think about is that if you're, you look at, you look at trying to work out what you're going to put up, think about what you like and why you like what other people are doing. Yeah, so it's content versus quality of the content versus how often you're posting, right? Yeah. Quantity versus quality or whatever. Um, and Well, kind of quantity versus quality, but more importantly... What, relevance. Relevance. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like the, the bigger you get, the bigger growth, the more followers, the more you get away with. So there's some big, some big people I follow who get away with putting up a picture of their mug. Just a picture of their mug and they'll get a million likes. <clears throat> Because another thing I want to talk about is how often do you just scroll through and hit like on stuff because you like that person? You know, you haven't even read what they've had to say just yet. You'll read it after. But I think a lot of people are just scrolling through. They're already following you. So they're just like, oh, yeah, he's cool. She's awesome. Yeah, follow her. Oh, he just really, yeah, that, that picture looks cool. It's a mug. Yeah, cool. You can have a like. There's very little investment. There's very little going on i think when you get to that level where you've got that following you can pretty much post what you want but before then i think you do have to have strong content you do and also if you're not you're not a big instagrammer who is just posting you know literally every 
every part of their day. Like I know people who post like 50 times a day and stories, there's always like 10 stories up every single day. Um, I think it's all key, but in the beginning, it's more key to, to just do some good quality content rather than just spouting shit everywhere and hoping that you're going to get a load of followers for it. Exactly. And yeah. I think the 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 one one thing that I've sort of known about for a while but I haven't actually started to do until recently is that um, quality content is the most important thing and the second most important thing is to be consistently... Mm. God. consistently posting and that is the yeah. biggest failing that i think that we're both, both if both. i only knew zach when i was 16 uh, what youtube would become because back then it wasn't such a big thing i had like i had a big not a big hit but i had the, i did the streets of rage video game oh, i love that video metal metal cover thing i did like a compilation and it's like it, it was like 100 and 180,000 or something likes um, no views. Views, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah. because it's YouTube, right? So it had like a hundred eighty thousand, which is huge for a sixteen-year-old bedroom guitar player with no albums out or any no following whatsoever. Especially like at enough, the time. At yeah, the time. At the time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, maybe then it was a bit less. Maybe, but but I think now it's coming close to two hundred thousand or something. Yeah. But but it's obviously stops growing. At the time, it's like wow, this is awesome. Then I did like a Sonic the Hedgehog thing. I had like a real video game metal thing going on where I was doing video game covers for a while. And I know a ton of other people do that now. And I know I wasn't the first. <coughs> it's obvious. But um, I'm not really trying to say that. I'm just saying if I had known that the key to YouTube seems to be to post consistently every week in a familiar environment. I mean, look what we're doing now. Yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, we've got it set Thanks up the you. same way. <laughs> yeah. Every week we've got it set up the same way. It's consistency. It's creating a familiar environment for people mm. to go, and it's like it is a TV. It's called YouTube. It's your TV channel, basically. Yeah. And you're 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 wanting people to come back every time. And I think the really successful YouTube channels are ones that post at least once a week. They have great content, of course, but it's consistently posting familiar stuff and also letting people in, as we said. Yeah. And if I had just posted a video game metal cover once a week i know it's easy to say now i could have been i could have had millions of subscribers i'm sure of it but yeah, i didn't definitely. know it back then but that's the thing is it's hindsight is is fantastic mm. you know mm. or not <laughs> but what i guess the the crux of what we're sort of trying to say is that consistency is key find out what what works for you in terms of what you're trying to do and then get your quality content. Probably the best thing to do is when you're starting out is to build a backlog of content before you start releasing things. Yeah. So that at least you have. You can do that too. Yeah. You sure. have like a, a, a library of things that you want to be able to put out on your Instagram and your YouTube and connect your Facebook through to your Instagram and through to throw it on Facebook as well. But I will, I will, without trying to segue too hard into things, I will say that, Facebook is useful if you want to have interactions directly with people, but it's not it's not really the place for you to get your growth. Compared I don't know. To, it's not really because as, as a musician, it's very hard to crack. From, it's di look, Facebook. here's here's why I disagree. Every everyone has a different case. True. Uh, I got f friends who are big on Instagram doing music, doing covers or writing their own music. And not, and then perhaps they're not so big on 
Facebook. Instagram is a bit snappier, it's a bit quicker and easier. It's like, here's my stuff, watch it and piss off. And that's it, done. You've, you've, you've dropped me a like, yeah. you've dropped a comment, it's great. Facebook's a bit more involved. I think people, it's more of a community. It's more of like a forum for people to comment and interact. That's how I feel. Now, I know people who have huge followings who are jealous of me, like friends, who are jealous of me because I have a, a better interaction on Facebook. I could post something and get 100 comments and they might post something and get two comments. But on Instagram, they might have 100,000 followers and I have barely anything, right? So it, it, it works differently I think according to your personality, honestly, and, and just generally what you're putting out there. I know um, I've mentioned before Paul Wardingham, who's from Australia, an amazing solo guitar player. Um, he, he swears by YouTube and he doesn't think Facebook does so well for him and Instagram perhaps as well. But YouTube's like king for him. For me, I don't know, YouTube's, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram are all about the same, I would say, um, for me. In terms of interaction yeah, and in terms of followers, and I everything. also think that it, it that works though because you've gone to the effort to make sure that you integrate them all to sort of have like you you're not 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 focusing on any of them. You're always focusing on all of them as well. Yeah, potentially. I think with YouTube, I I, I put up like a bigger project. I wouldn't just put up thirty seconds of me jamming to something. I wouldn't necessarily put that on YouTube. Maybe I should have been doing that. Maybe. But I feel like those are the you know, what lands on YouTube is like a finished big kind of project. Um, Instagram is kind of like literally flinging shit at the wall. If I if I do a little jam for fifteen seconds, it it'll go on there. Facebook's somewhere in between. Yeah. So for me, honestly, Facebook is amazing. Facebook works really well. I've met some. I've I've you know built a, a good good. I think a strong fan base, not necessarily in numbers, but in in the interaction I get from Facebook. Um, so I will go on the record and say that. I think any of those platforms, you can utilize Twitter, usually an epic fail for any metal musician. It's not so great for musicians, honestly. Um, but some musicians thrive on Twitter. Yeah. So it's it's all depending on what you do best and, you, you know, social media gods. Who knows? Definitely. definitely. But do it all. That's why I said do it all, Zach. Do it all and post consistently. Like I, I my personal experience, um, I found that with Instagram, limit your post to one a day. That's my personal experience. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the right answer. That's just what's working for me so far. All right. Um, with, but with Instagram, I mean, there's a couple of couple of little hints and tips we could probably give. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's throw that one in a bit. Yeah. So I mean, um, obviously, hashtagging is so important to hashtag uh, relevant things. Um, you can. What you can hashtag up to thirty things, I think, at the moment. You can, but the most the thing, one of the things to to sort of keep in mind is, like with Instagram, there's always the the you know the thirty most popular hashtags that are going around, and it's worth trying to include some of them if you can, within your posts when you do. But like if you're putting up a post of a new guitar that you've gone and bought, don't put hashtag follow for follow or whatever on there. Because that doesn't really make any sense to your guitar. Put up like hashtag guitar. Well, yeah, I mean, some people, some it works for some people. I've never done that follow for follow thing. Yeah, but yeah, hashtag. You know, be be specific as well as broad. I think you've got to spread your bets with the hashtags. You've got yeah. to go for the big ones. You know, maybe you do want to put, just put hashtag guitar. Um, you might not. That might not do so well because it's so broad. But then again, it might do well. 
you we, probably want to do really niche stuff as well. You probably want to say if you're doing a, a retro 80s metal track, you probably want to have, invest some time in looking into the hashtag that goes along with that. Maybe there's one that's yeah. nostalgia or something that and works just, really and well. And just literally, you know, if you, if you really want to know how well a hashtag's going, literally just in, when, you drop, when you're writing up the post, just hashtag, type up the different hashtags that you're looking into and just have a look and... See what it shows you, how many people are actually... The numbers, yeah. The numbers but again, about spreading your bets, I think you need to almost... I've heard different things, I've heard different opinions. Some people say that you should do uh, pick a number. So let's say you type in hashtag guitar and it has one million, one million uh, times that's been used. Uh, you might think that's too broad. So you, you go for something that's like 10% of your following or 10 times your following, I think it is. So if I... Let's say I had 10,000 followers. I might want to pick hashtags that are, have 100,000, the number 100,000 by them, which means that you know, it's not too broad that you get lost in a big sea of those hashtags. Yeah. I think, honestly, I say just spread your bets, keep it relevant, and you're probably not going to go far wrong. And you know, um, I don't think there's much of a difference between posting within the caption, uh, within the description uh, of the video slash posting the video and then waiting until it's posted and then dropping all those hashtags in the comments. Uh, if you don't use Instagram, you might not. This might be irrelevant to you. But uh, I, I, think I think it keeps it neater to smash it in the, in the, in the um, comments rather than description sometimes. It looks a bit more appealing. But trial it and see what works for you because, yeah. you know, it might work differently for you. Um, it's all down to the algorithm, as oh, they God, say. Yeah. Um, but on that note, uh, I mean, you know, we could delve into far more detail involving in that, but we have mentioned before that we're not experts. This we're is not. just this is based off experience that we've had and people that we know and well. Although, know. although one other thing though, Zach, is that we spoke before on another podcast about Spotify and, yes. and how a great springboard for you is to land yourself on a playlist. Yeah, um, and I think a similar parallel to Spotify with Instagram is to land yourself on a page on an instagram yeah. page so specifically uh, particularly if you're doing guitar and music stuff um talented musicians or you know in guitars daily and, and all those big channels i've had some i would call them viral i mean uh, my friend me and my friend garrett j peters you may have seen plug. a couple of our <laughs> plug you may have seen a couple <laughs> of our videos we've we've not just hashtag we've kind of you know tagged the, the channel itself or the page, the Instagram page. Um, and if you can get a reshare from those channels, it will just keep going. Let's say talented musicians share it, then maybe Guitars Daily will see that and go, oh, cool, that's content, and they'll share that, and it can just become a viral thing. That's your springboard on Instagram, I think, getting shared by other pages. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth investing into. So uh, I think uh, we're going to uh, shift over and... and uh have some uh, wisdom there for you now. Yeah, even more wisdom, Zach, because this has been already jam-packed full of wisdom. If, if jam-packed full of wisdom, say you know, so between two slices of bread. Yes, don't not a fan of jam though. You don't, not a fan I don't, of jam? I don't like to mix my sweets and savouries, Zach. You don't? No, bread. Well, bread fine. is bread is very much a savoury thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, jam and I, I don't like. I ever pretty much. But you love a pastry. Only if it's savoury. Really? Yeah, and like donuts. Sweet pastry. Most people know by now that I don't like donuts. All right. It crosses the boundary between the things, bread and the sweet. things that I discover about Andy that I feel disappointed in. Anyway. Yeah, there was an influx recently when I went on the American tour. Uh, you know, some, some 
Joker decided to post that I love donuts and everyone was bringing donuts to the show because right. they knew I didn't like them, which is awesome. How anyway. wasteful. Fantastic. I agree. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's hit it on to uh, some wisdom, Andy. Let's, uh, let's get wise. Done. Do you suffer from oily skin? Well, don't worry. I've got just the remedy for you. Get yourself some uh, tomato juice and some honey. Combine that and rub it all over your face. Leave it on for a solid 10 minutes and then wash it off with some nice chill cold water. And then just to make sure that it's all clean, cover it in bleach. Enjoy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Zach and Andy show. Andy Gillian here with uh, Zach Knight. Yeah, who's losing his voice? We're going to have to. Yeah, I- I'm not very well, but uh, we're going to push through this podcast because that's he, what we do. He's a brave man. He's pushing on. You're brave? Maybe it's stupid. <laughs> you're an inspiration, Zach. We'll see about to that. everyone out there. Also, you're this. This is it's really doing my head in how small this room is. You probably can't see on camera, but Zach is basically sat on my lap right now. Your I leg is my leg has been touching yours the you entire podcast. The table. This is actually this the the split middle of the table, right? Oh, You've got so much room. This is because that was close. Even, that was even me just like off mic as well, just talking about how much room Andy has got. But he's he's a large gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, okay. Let, let, let's let's move on from from the one, one ticket for the large gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> so so. We we're we're gonna probably talk a little bit more about the pitfalls of social media. It's an ungainly beast to tame. Yeah, definitely. You know, and uh, I think it really, I think it really can have a negative effect on a lot of people. Um, definitely in the the people just scrolling through social media platforms. Oh and, gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, but 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 also the people providing the content, so the creatives, as ourselves, I suppose. Um. I don't know, Zach. Do you find it? Do you find there can be some times when you're just you're crying into a pillow because your your post didn't do very well? Or? Um, I don't know if I've managed to get to the point where I've been crying into the pillow. Um, at least with my own personal stuff, with with previous band stuff, yeah, I, I've definitely like been sitting there going, "Why is my Facebook ad not working very well? Why is no one checking out our new See, music video?" We should video? talk about that then as yeah. well because we're talking about social media. You have a bit of experience in actually paying for Facebook advertising, yeah, yeah. and it's buyer's remorse. Yes and no. Um, we've definitely, like, I would definitely say that Facebook ads uh, for my band has definitely helped get people outside of Australia interested in the band, especially um, in the US. For some. Strange reason, um, the largest amount of people who listen to my band, Color and Shade, plug, um, plug, are based in the US, uh, followed by the UK, then Australia, then Germany. So uh, I guess I know where I need to tour. But um, yeah, the first, the, I mean, the majority of that now comes from Spotify, but initially it was from Facebook. Um, and promoting um, paid advertising for film clips and literally just going through, selecting, you know, the country um, and then selecting all of the valid interests. So, for instance, in my case, that was, you know, people who like, I don't know, a day to remember, people who like 
um, you know, our last night or people who like Beartooth or, you know, targeting those. Tar- targeting people who like certain bands. Can you that do that? You can with Facebook advertising. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing about it is, is that you can segment that down and then Facebook tells you like how relevant you are, how broad things are becoming, whether or not you've gotten yourself a wide audience for your advertising. But the thing about Facebook advertising is, is that it's very good. This is talking about boosting a post, by the way. I'm not talking about like other things because there's many different ways to advertise and you can also advertise cross promotion with Facebook and Instagram. Mm. You can do advertising for Instagram from Facebook as well because Facebook owns Instagram. You can boost posts on Instagram too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you boost them through the Facebook ad manager only for Instagram. Really? Yes. Yeah, we'll run through that later. Okay. Um, But the, uh, the thing to note is that not all Facebook advertising is created equally. And some of it is a massive waste of your time and money hmm. because it can be very expensive very quickly. I mean, you know, I'm a little ashamed to say it that I have spent over between 2000 from well, 2014 to now, I've spent $3,000. Are you serious? On advertising. Wow. Yeah. So on music clips. Music video stuff or like how, what you boost? I've spent $3,000 on Facebook advertising across that whole period of time, boosting different posts, boosting tools. And the idea of posting is, uh, sorry, the idea of boosting these posts yeah. is that it, it Facebook then goes, all right, press a few keys on the keyboard. Now that post is going to go to 10% more people, for example, yeah? Or people who And targeted people you, that targeted you've chosen, people, right? People who, who so don't like my page, I mean, immediately it's a fucking scam, right? Because they, they have the power... They've, they're smart people. They've realized that we've yeah. got the power to, to for the businesses to invest and to target their audience a bit better. Um, it makes sense. I've never done it. I, I I probably will do a little bit with my solo album that's coming out soon, Plug, because I haven't... Basically, <laughs> because it's advertising, you know, it, it I don't have the, the entourage or the money to av- advertise on the billboards, in, yeah. you know, but that's one small way I can push my album um, and record labels will do that same thing. And I'm I'm doing this as a one-man band. So maybe I will invest in that. I may need to talk to you a bit about that because it sounds like you've got some regrets. And I would, love, regret, to hear, I would yeah. love to hear about them. Do you think it it was worth it in any way to do that? I think about it was about half. Va- the value was half, yeah. The value of what I did or what I learned as well. For instance, out of that $3,000 for a previous band that I was in, um the band itself would have spent about $500 on Facebook like advertising. So what does that mean? So basically what that is, is that's paying for Facebook to promote people to like your page only. Hang on. So you pay $500 and it over time we paid 500 and and it, okay. You pay an amount of money and Facebook sends people a request to like your page? No. So okay. what it does is in the Facebook feed and in the Facebook stories um, and in Messenger sometimes and, you know, when you're scrolling through the Messenger to see all of the people right. you have contacts with and it might have an ad pops in there, it'll uh, say, hey, click here to like this band. Oh, wow. I've never thought to do that. Yeah. But the problem with that is that is the... <sighs> Facebook used to say that they were very genuine um, 
And then I uh, did a bit of looking because you can see all the analytics of who likes your page. And, you know, with the band, we managed to jump from, you know, 500 to 2,500 likes in, 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 you know, a month. And I was like, oh, that's really cool for a band that's, that's only released good growth one, for a small band, yeah, one but, song at the time, yeah, right? Yeah. Issue with that was, right, 2,500 likes out of that, 1,200 came from Indonesia. well yeah i mean not to uh, you know we're not we're not against the indonesians in any way but you've got to wonder is that your target audience well it certainly wasn't because we didn't have anybody they were fake accounts because we didn't have anybody we didn't have anybody commenting or liking from the page so facebook you pay hang on you paid facebook to boost a post to a not target. boosting a post. No, okay, to advertise your page to yeah. a target audience. And what you got back with 1,200 Indonesian fake accounts? Yes. This was with my old band. Yeah. That's incredible. So the interesting thing to note is because I wasn't driving the fa- the like <laughs> advertising. My, this my, is great. One of my other band members was was behind pushing it constantly, right? Um, and for, for like a, a period of six months, we had constant spending you know anywhere between a dollar to five dollars a day to promote likes from the band because we wanted to hit a certain target in the first year we went from zero to 4500 likes and by the time the band was defunct we were nearly at seven thousand currently at the moment my own my current band has 1300 likes we've never paid for advertising i know that all of those people are genuine fans of the band and I'm far happier for that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's not a large amount of it's not a large amount compared to other bands. No, but there's something there really is something to be said about real, fucking real people yeah, commenting definitely. on your stuff and engaging, and you know, they're hardcore fans. They're real fans. They're real people. Not some guy in Indonesia who's made twelve hundred fucking fake accounts. Exactly. I mean, like I, for instance, uh, my my band Instagram. Right, we've got. 480 followers so nothing to be like oh yay we're super super great right but we can literally put up a photo of us eating chinese dinner you know as we go out for like because we always go out for dumplings for our meetings what about indonesian would you ever put up a picture of you in sure. indonesian you might get I, some more followers that's that's a bad joke andy <laughs> anyway um going out for dumplings right we put up a photo of us eating dumplings <laughs> We're guaranteed, we're guaranteed to get anywhere between 50 to 80 likes on that post. And the reason being is because those 480 people are actually people who like the band and are interested in stuff that we do. Or they're dumpling enthusiasts and, and the hashtag of dumpling is worse. We didn't even do hashtag dumpling. So no. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, foolish, we should have done that. <laughs> yeah, another thing to touch on is like, is, is, is like invitations. And, you know, oh. you see that little, you see that little flag pop up and it's, so and so has invited you. Andy Gillian's invited you to like his page or whatever, and you're just like, oh, again, really. And and I know, I and the worst one is when you know I'll get a message from someone who has absolutely no interest in in being my friend or knowing me or ha- having any kind of business with me. They just add me, send a message, hey dude, check out my band, and it's just like like my band's page. I'm like, I I don't have time for this. Like I I. Really, I guess so much of that. And How many friend requests do you get a day from people that you know that are either in this country or in the US or in the UK or in Europe? Yeah. Right? Yeah. They add you. Yeah. They add you as a friend. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. By clicking on add as a friend, they automatically can start following you, which means they can send you an invite to something. Yeah. And then they invite you to their various yeah. creative projects. Yes. Because for me, it's three a day at least. There was a time I was getting 300 friend requests a day. Um, That's obnoxious. <laughs> I know. I'm not trying to brag. I mean, it's, it's annoying. And this is another thing we should talk about is that um, your personal page, your Facebook page that you might may well have started out as, I want to keep my family up to date and my close friends up to date with what I'm doing and connect like that. When you're a musician, something weird happens where you kind of, it turns into a business minded thing and you're like, okay, well I'm posting, you know, a video of me playing guitar and I'm getting, okay, I'm getting a hundred likes on that now. And I'm becoming kind of popular and this weird ego thing happens and you're like, wow, yeah, people now, okay, this beast, this musical beast, this business side has taken over um, my personal Thing. And now I'm like, okay, this is weird. Now I can't just, even if I post me eating a fucking dumpling, two, 200, 300 people are liking it. And I don't, suddenly I've got 5,000, 5, which is the maximum friends you can have on Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. As a personal page, as personal, not a page, sorry, a profile. So suddenly I've got 5,000. I'm getting uh, friends, friends. I don't know who these people are, mostly. Yeah. They're liking everything I'm posting. Uh, if I took a shit, they'd like it. And I've got um, 300 friend requests a day coming in and I can't sort through these anymore. A lot of them admittedly are going to be fake accounts, but you're, you know, you've got to then make a decision. I need to make a page. And if you're a solo artist, this makes sense because if you're a band, of course, you would have made that band page already. Already, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, there's a point where I was like, okay, I need, a, I need a kind of artist page. And I think you should do this even if you don't have that thing blowing up of, your inbox is blown up every day. Hundreds of messages a day from people asking for you to like their page or see their thing or tabs for this, that, and the other. Or can you do this cover? Can you do that? And Or just, hey. So many people just message on Facebook, message me, hey. And I'll see it a day later and I'll be like, uh, what is this? Why? I don't, who are you? What? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I try to, I have always tried to answer every message I get in depth as well i try to engage with people but it gets hard it gets really difficult when it's not the kind of band page and i i kind of need to you you may well be suffering and almost just like an anxiety thing that you're suddenly getting hundreds of messages from people you don't know every day mm. and it's just they just want to have a chat sit and have a chat with you and you just don't have time i wish i did i still try and answer every message i get but when you're getting when you've got like, let's say a hundred people you don't know wanting to take half an hour out of your day, you don't have, you're, lo you're not only losing time and therefore money that you could have been spending that time working on your projects, you're losing time with your partner and your family and your friends and relationships and everything. And it just becomes this mess in your brain. Yeah. And that is the vortex that we're talking about with social media. And the other mm -hmm. thing, the other, the opposite of that as well is that, you know, for a long time and, and still sometimes I, I have this problem um, where I, I have to physically put my phone in a position where it's inconvenient for me to get to, but I can still hear it. And even sometimes <laughs> I have to be able to put it so that I can't hear it as well, because I am you know, I'm, I'm wanting to see that, um, I've got people who are talking to me, who are interacting with me. Um, and so I get worried. I have to, every single interaction that I have got available with social media and text messaging and phone calls has to be completed. 
and then the phone gets put away. And if something pops up whilst I'm completing that, I still have to finish and respond to all of those yeah. before I can put the phone away. And so if I'm doing something like, say, for instance, I'm editing some drums or I'm trying to mix a song or I'm trying to write a song or I've got Andy coming over and we're doing a podcast or, you know, I'm trying to go and make dinner for my partner or go out to a party with some friends or whatever. Like, I can't have that anxiety hanging over my head of not responding to those things. So I have to try and complete those things before I get to that task. And that's where you lose time. You get late for things. You know, you lose respect in people when you start doing those things. So eventually I had to cut myself off a limit of this is the point where I no longer respond to things. This is the point where mm. I say I am no longer available between these hours. These are prioritized for the things. And even, even I've actually had to, to say to some friends and say, uh, look, I really get that you want to send me a message talking about that aspect involving, you know, this particular song that you're writing and how like you'd love to talk about, you know, the chorus part of it. But sending me a message at 11.30 at night on a Tuesday is not the right time. Because <laughs> if you say, I know you've got that idea, so maybe write that down and send me the message the next morning. Because even though you know I don't, I won't respond at that time, by sending me that message, you've already triggered yeah, it's, me. Oh, it's horrible. I, you know, the worst thing is getting a, a message about, you know, anything. Someone wants something. Someone wants something or can you do this? Can you, can you tell me how you did this? Can you send me this tab? Can you, and, or, or, or even from band members, 1130 at night. Oh, by the way, we got this thing going on. We got this offer. What do you think? We need to sort this oh, trip. Out. We need to sort visas out and stuff. Anything that comes through, it's like, and it's like a guilt thing happens where you're just like, I can't do it. It's like a stress overload. I can't deal with this. I wake up and I've got like the phone just goes, bing, 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 bing. it's got like, like loads of messages coming through and it's like i actually have to put i have to set aside time in my day now honestly i don't know if it's an hour two hours three hours of my day every day i could spend working on my craft and working on my albums how much more productive would i be if i didn't have this going on and it can rule your life yeah and i love for most people it's not the messaging thing it's, it's like an addiction to scrolling through and different things like that but Definitely. I wish sometimes I do wish I could just cut off that messenger thing. Oh, I wish I could be less polite. I'm just too British. Zach. I just want to reply to, to everything. You need to take a leaf out of, um, I guess, you know, some of the people that we know who yeah. really just don't respond. Who, are, who just don't No, Not so much just don't respond, but just like, you know, you set set expectations when you have an interaction. It's easier when you're doing it business wise, but mm. set expectations. Like I know, for instance, that like, if a client contact, I, I will always make myself available to clients as much as I can. Yeah. But a lot that's of my different though, if it's business, you're going to, you're going to be like, this is your career and you're making money to live. That's a different thing. Yeah. Than having a, a chat a, with someone to, in Indonesia because, because they like your band or whatever, but it, it, it's, there's some crossover because yeah. the other thing as well is that like, I, I'm a bad advocate for making sure that I'm available for my clients as much as I can, but boundaries are real and they need to be set for people. And it doesn't matter who they are. Like, I certainly know that if I message Andy at two o'clock in the morning of any day, there's a very, very high chance that he is not going to respond to me. And most importantly, he's going to say, why did you message me at two o'clock in the morning? Because you know that that's not good. Like, I'm 
there's very there's a very very limited amount of reasons as to why I would do that. Oh, you do it all the time, Zach. It's when you can't sleep and you're thinking of me and exactly. I just I want to hear my voice. I want to brew. I want to brew right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Um, so do I. Um, but the the point is, is I think the point that we're sort of trying to make is that um, anxiety and 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 the vortex of social media, the time sink, of and the time media. sink. Yeah, it's it's real, it's and real. so. It's very important to try and find what works for you in terms of the way that you deal with social media, the way that you, um, you know, you give yourself screen time and then you shut it off. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have my my Wi-Fi is off on my phone almost all the time and I'll put it on to check stuff and I'll do what I need to do and I'll work through it and that goes away. If I have, if I'm working in Cubase, and I also have Facebook open in, you know, in the background. Oh, God, that's a terrible Forget about term. it. Yeah. Forget about it. I can't, I'm going to be, I'm going to write one note and then I'm going to be answering some message or, or doing some kind of, it's just, it just yeah. get it out of your head. You did not have this problem 15 years ago. It's a new problem. Guess what? Everyone's got it now. It's a, it's, it's taken over. It's the new TV, but it's worse than that because you can take it with you everywhere. And it, it, what you can do take you, it where you're having a shit. We you know? never, exactly. And you never have those gaps anymore in your life. You never have those moments. I can't relax anyway. You know that I've got one gear, right? I'm fucking Charlie Sheen, right? I just, I'm go, go, go. I probably will die young because I can't stop Zach. I cannot stop. All right. We'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to. And, um, but, but my problem is, um, that, you end up filling the the few moments in your in your day where you you otherwise would just sit there, you would just sit there and do nothing. Now it's wait, I could be doing that. I could I could fill that with scrolling through Facebook. Great, oh cool. Well, you never switch off, and and then your brain actually doesn't have time to be. Able brain to turns proper- to soup. Yeah, because people seem to forget that we aren't designed to just run constantly mm. and that's that you know things that well i mean look unfortunately that's why i'm i'm sick right now because i've been pushing myself super hard music equal music equals perpetual burnout unfortunately unless you're smart and you can really rein it in you can probably hear that i'm panting I'm panting right now <laughs> trying to breathe because i'm going yeah. so hard at it. but but I, I find it hard to ring myself in and social media in some ways does not help no and i think i think that sort of moves to something that we, we've, you know, we've touched on before, which is, you know, the collaboration thing. But um, when it comes to things like this, that in itself becomes very useful because you've also got people who are going through the same situation that you are or something similar. And so it's really easy if you are seeing that you're burning out, you're pushing yourself too hard, you're addicted to social media, start Start getting involved with people that you know, that you trust, and have them rein you in for you <laughs> until yeah. you can finally get out how to do it yourself. It's it's hard. Yeah, like, I mean, I think I think you might people may have to start setting themselves times. Yeah, uh, aside little breaks where they can jump on social media and do stuff. But it, I think it's an addiction. I think it's a global addiction. I think it's a prop. I think it's an endemic or pandemic. Or a, what's the other demic? There's a few different demics. Epidemic. Epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. I think endemic is within a country, maybe, or pandemic is within a region. Yeah. I think it's an epidemic, Zach, which yeah. is which is up there. It's like a scale ten problem. Scale and and scale eleven. Eleven. Actually. Let's crank it to eleven. Yeah. yeah. Um. And the thing is, right? You know, you're talking about switching things off. Uh. You know, 
a, a cool thing that, um, you know, Chris has managed to get me do, to do um, up at my studio is that my computer at the studio is not connected to the internet. And that's because con- of your porn addiction, isn't it? <laughs> Guilty. No. <laughs> Guilty. Nah, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, but my computer at the studio is not connected to the internet. And uh, my computer here is. And my productivity at oh, the studio man. compared to here, yeah. it's not the same. Rip and, like, that cable out, people. I'm like, I need one of them to be connected to the internet for obvious reasons when it comes to transferring of data, et cetera. And I can connect the other one to the internet, but it, the process involves going and getting, you know, a, a Wi-Fi connector and plugging it in and all of that. So mm. it's it's something that means it's going to be less desirable for me to just open up Facebook and just be like, yeah, no, I'm just going to have a bit of a check while this mix is bouncing, you know, and mm. then instead, whilst the mix is bouncing and you're thinking, oh, I want to make my time useful while you're waiting for those four minutes. And then all of a sudden you've been scrolling through Facebook for half an hour. That's not productivity right there. Yeah. It's, it's you a know? kill. It's a productivity killer. It's a fucking mental fuck. Uh, exactly. It, it, so it gives you inflated ego and it is this horrible, it's this horrible, dirty game, a popularity contest. And this is my big conclusion and point, really, that I've, I've said a number of times now is take it a little less seriously. Mm. Take it as seriously as you want to. Dive into all the, the analytics. And, and there's a lot to be had. There's a lot to be said. It's essential that you, I think, these days that you do social media. There's no excuse. You've got to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, don't let it rule your life and don't let it kill your productivity and your inspiration. And if you're a small band and you've only got 300 likes, that's fine. You're at least you're in the game and you're you're, you're putting yourself out there. It's free advertisement. It's free. Uh, you know, you're putting your content out somewhere for your content to live. Do, do all these things, but don't let it kill you doing them in the process. And don't make it your priority. Make it something yes. that is useful. Music is it's the priority. The Music. content is the priority. This is just somewhere for it to live. Do everything, you know, the way it should be done. And then let the results be whatever the results are. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and treat your success within the scope of your music and, 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 and what you're doing first. Yeah. Don't worry about the success when it comes to social media. If you're doing something good, that'll come. If you're not doing something good and you're worried that it's not good, just go and seek out resources and people out mm-hmm. there who you trust and get them to give you the feedback. Yeah. Growth is key. It's going to happen. You know, I was a terrible guitar player and songwriter back when I was 15 and now I'm mediocre. So, you know, <laughs> like if you want to be mediocre too, just listen to us. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, there's a couple of little tips uh, I think maybe thrown for the, for for new bands starting out or, or yeah. just sort of explain what I would do because maybe this is helpful for a new band who's just starting out they haven't got their anything set up yet I would create a page even if you're an, uh, an independent artist and it's just one of you yeah. uh, I think a page is is necessary from the off doesn't matter if you've got no followers if you've only got five friends on Facebook create that page for yourself um, and Create the Instagram, create the Twitter, create the YouTube, get your band account, do all that stuff, right? But on Facebook specifically, a page is important because you don't have the limit of 5,000 friends. You can have as many as you want. It's going to look more professional than just some guy that you know is posting some stuff. It's No, it's a thing. It's a business now. It's an actual established 
product. Um, and then what, what you can do, some insider tips, um, post something to your page, share it with your personal uh, profile. Um, then share that post. Let's say you did a really good uh, video um, of you playing guitar. Share that to re relevant groups. And this might be the springboard for Facebook. We talked about the, the, the springboard. There's a theme running through all these social media things. Yeah, springboards. Sp springboards, Zach. Yes. And then <laughs> the springboard episode. Um, so you've got the springboard for uh, Spotify being that you can get onto playlists and it boosts everything. Mm. Um, with, I don't, I'm not sure about YouTube. With Instagram, it's about getting shared by other pages. With yeah. Facebook, groups is an amazing tool. You can share from your page to a group. You're going to hit a wider audience of people, but it's also in the niche of what you did. So you might share like video game cover you did on guitar to a video game group or metal yeah. group or whatever. And, and also tagging other relevant pages and artists and people mm -hmm. um, associated, you know, yeah. within the scope of your post yeah. as Although well. Although don't be one of those douchebags who tags like 87 people who aren't relevant to their not, bands. Thing. Not a good idea. No, I really, 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 really easy way to get a lot of negative yeah. response to yeah. your post. I keep getting tagged in stuff that I have no idea. I've removed the ability all. to be done. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing with Facebook, another tip is instead of spamming people with invites to like your page. Don't do that. You can do that, right? But people kind of, it's not, it's not, they're the people that you're, you're targeting, you're not really targeting anyone. It's just irrelevant. So your mum's going to get an invite. Do you really want that? So, I mean, I don't know if my mum's I mean, likes my page I, or not. I, I, I'll say this right now. I've been asked to, you know, I've been sent invites for, for bands and creative projects uh, in the last three years, I have not said, accepted one thing from somebody that I haven't known personally and already previously known about yeah. the project. Yeah. So here's what you do, Zach, because there's a way around it, which is a bit less, you feel a little less dirty doing it this way. What you want to do is if you've got your page, there's a great thing that you can do now, not many people know about, where you posted this great content and you've got 100 likes and you click on the likes and you, you can see who's liked it, right? So you've got a list of the people. And then next to that, you've got add friend next to them. Yeah. And maybe they won't be your friend on your profile, but they will follow your page. Maybe they won't follow your page. Yeah. And what you want to do is next to that add friend, there's another button called invite. Yeah. And these people have come to your page and they've seen something, they've liked it already. These are relevant people that could be your fans. That's where I would go and invite those people. But only there. Yeah, I won't send out a global thing necessarily, but that's a great tool. Whenever you post a video on your page, you can look at the likes, you can see who hasn't liked your page yet and go, well, why haven't they liked my page? They liked that thing. Click invite. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll like it. You can grow like that. And, and the same thing, if you're, if you're showing that to a group on Facebook, you, you may get you know, 30 people who don't have a clue who the hell you are suddenly you can invite them and they're like, oh yeah, that's the guy who did that thing. Cool. He played guitar. Sounds good. He played guitar while like lying on the floor, um, juggling with his feet. I remember that video. I'll like it. Another little hot tip there. Done. Um, and so with that, I think we're going to, you know, put a, put an end to this podcast for now. I feel like we've done, we've, we, you know, we've rambled on a lot. Um, there's been a few segues. There's been some disputes about, um, dream theater versus Opeth and, uh, <laughs> and about production values in the 90s. But most importantly, 
we hope that you guys got something out of this episode. And if you didn't, please, Andy, what are they going to do? Uh, you can direct all your hate mail to Zach. To Andy. Um, yeah, send it all through. Um, send it all through. We'll, also, we'll, as well, you know, questions. We're going to do a Q&A in a second. We do it at the end of every episode. Please send in not only hate mail to Zach, but you, if you can send in any questions you've got. We'll do our best to answer them. I mean, you could ask Andy about what beard oil he uses on his beard. Oh, look at that. Yeah, he's getting luscious. The moustache is actually gone. Musta- I trimmed that this morning as well. Ooh. So it was out of control. Papa. It was yeah. out of control. And um, I want to leave I want to leave a little food for thought thing on the I'm table. i too. That's good. Yeah, so. I know. I, I, I want to just leave this out there, though, before we finish. What the hell is that noise? It's probably the tap. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want to leave that out there. What I want to leave out there is, I wonder how much social media really is damaging our mental health. Like, honestly, I wonder if in 30 years, are we going to look back and this is going to be in the history books? Like, it, social media is going to be banned because we didn't realize it's actually completely fucking us up. Can you imagine that? 30 I, um, years, we look I back don't, and don't think that that's going to be something... Like, I, I don't know that it's going to be, like, a banned thing, but I definitely do think that in the next 10 years, there's going to be some kind of massive overhaul that happens. Something's going to change up, I think. Someone, some, some study's going to come out and go, we've all got brain cancer from, from Facebook or something like that. Either that or social media is actually going to end up becoming, um, you know, it's, it's going to become some kind of machine that, that, you know, forms its own intelligence and uh, <laughs> then we're going to just die. No, it's uh, 100% the Russians are going to be involved in that. Why, why are they just the Russians? It's always the Russians. No, what, just because you're English, man. No, but the, 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 latest, the, latest, the latest thing was the face app thing and apparently the Russians are collating some kind of i don't know collage faces i don't know why they want i don't know why the russians need pictures of our faces but i i I haven't done the age oh there's a great there's also another a great social media um documentary coming to netflix very soon as well well black mirror season something or other no No. it's it's, (laughs) i I don't know it's just basically saying how brexit and how trump and everything is all responsible uh you know uh social media is responsible for putting them into power and for, for causing these social influences on everybody and everybody is at the at the, the peril and at the uh at the at the hands of social media the grip of social media is strong zach and we need to fight it but we also need to embrace it and promote our bands exactly it's uh it's a two-way street or a seven-way street depending upon which form of platform you're looking at andy yeah yeah and uh and with that ladies and gentlemen um i think we're going to call this one done Episode Done. seven in the bag, Zach. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, Andy. Um, oh, yeah. We've got to work on handshake. We're going to do a fist bump. Nice. Um, I didn't get the memo on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Uh, you know, this is this is the seventh one of these. You know, maybe we'll come back and do some more. Maybe we won't. It'll depend on on the on the hate. Mail, I think probably. there's a pretty good chance that we'll be back. But what we might do is when we come back is maybe we'll have a haircut. We'll see. Maybe we'll have an actual plan. And what the hell we're doing here? And you know the other thing as well is we we we're sort of just going to throw this one under the bus here, throw this one out there right now. But um, you know, we maybe might actually not just have the two of us on some of these future podcasts. We wow. might actually start to have some other people involved as well. So what you want to say there is Zach, that we're going to try and dilute the nonsense with yeah, someone uh, who actually knows nonsense. what they're talking about. There's no nonsense yeah. coming from Andy. He's one hundred percent no nonsense. This is pure gold. Yeah, it's pure Andy. One hundred percent Andy G. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and with that, actually, my initials is, is silver. A G silver. A G silver. Yeah. And, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my initials A G Andy Gillian. That would be the the periodic table. That would be silver, not gold. A U would be gold. What are you? Z K. 
Uh, I'm ZCJK. Okay. There's not, I don't think there's an element for that. We'll work on that one. Guys, thank you for listening. Sorry about the rambling this time and for every other time. And I hope you're with us when we do episode eight, if we do. And uh, yeah, probably take it to Q&A now. And, yeah, let's uh, do the Q&A. And uh, yeah, have fun. And uh, just remember, take it all with a grain of salt. Hit the theme tune. We're done. We, we killed it, though. Yeah. Seven episodes. How about that? Zach and Andy Q&A. Ask a question. God. All right. Well, this is uh, this is the last Q and A of the series because we filmed Zach seven episodes. We certainly did in this one um, last year before all this coronavirus stuff broke out. Mm. And here we are again. We're we're not actually in Australia here. We're not quarantined um, as badly as the rest of the world right now. No, no, we're actually allowed to do like a decent amount of stuff. I mean, obviously there's social distancing is very much a super relevant thing and, you know, being realistic about stuff. But, you know, if I want to go and go and play a game of tennis with Andy, we can. Yeah, although we are still choosing to do the Q&A from our separate studios today, hmm. which, you know, that was that was not really intentional. It just happened that way. Um, so. It is bizarre, though, Zach, how this whole... We we filmed all this last year, but it could have even been a year now since our first episode was filmed. And yet, the whole thing has almost... Like, the Q&A stuff has all been in quarantine, hasn't it? At least yeah. mostly. I think all, all of, of it has, has maybe. Uh, so I this has so, been yeah. the backdrop of the chaos going around in the world and... Uh, I don't know. It almost it, these Q and A's almost became like a running, like a commentary on what's going on in the world. Yeah, quite, you know, quite interesting. Uh, our commentary on our past selves and/or what's going on in the world and the music industry at this point in time. I mean, gosh, it's so like I don't want to ramble off topic too much, but it's so insane just how different life feels right now versus when we did these episodes. Yeah, and I mean, and it's getting even, obviously, in America. I don't want to go too much into all the, the politics and everything, but, um, you know, obviously everything that's going on in America right now is crazy. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just a crazy time for everyone, uh, really is. And, well, you know what? Here we are. We're still rambling on about stuff. And we had a couple of questions uh, from the last one, so I, I, I guess we should address those and then kind of just wrap the, the seven episodes up and, uh, you know, maybe we'll do some more of these, Zach. What do you think? Oh, I definitely think we should do some more of these, Andy. I mean, there's so many different topics that we've not even mentioned that can be, you know, interesting and hopefully useful to people out there who, you know, like music or I do think there's a lot, music. More, uh, a lot more to say on a lot more things, that's mm. for sure. I don't know whether we'll continue in the same format uh, in the in the YouTube video realm because, well, Zach, how would you say that the editing of that has been for me? I would say that uh, you would probably have preferred to sit down and, I don't know, record uh, a couple of albums instead of having to do that ruling editing that it took you yeah. to get done. <laughs> So the reason the editing was such a problem for the videos is because for some reason there's a drift in the sync. Uh, I filmed them with my GoPro, put them on my computer, and 
it's 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 not to do with the sample rate and know that much mm. um i've done a lot of research on it but that i would have to chop every 10 minutes and move the video along to sync up with the audio or vice versa and uh yeah we haven't really got that bit down but it was cool i, I wanted to give you know the video element of it as well and um it just ended up being a lot more work and i think we could probably chuck these out quicker if we if we just did the audio I don't know who is actually going to sit around, who's wanting to sit around and watch us talk, let alone listen to us. So yeah, I, mean, I don't think we're, we're missing too much by just doing audio from now on. We can still take photos of the giant mug, Andy, and, you know, yeah. we can put yeah. that, you know, sort of that pop that up in, in the podcast as it goes for people if they ever watch the audio side of it on YouTube and, and all of that kind of stuff. But um, or maybe we could make little sound bites that we sort of have that pop up every once in a while to say, cue sound bite for Zach drinking some tea. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, I mean, look, let's uh let's touch on these a couple of questions here. Um, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap this up and uh yeah, I'll just go go straight into it. We we got a question here from someone called MWI. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. M, M, we maybe. And, uh, the question, this is a great, it's not even really a question. It was almost like, a just throwing this topic out there. And, and I think it is quite an interesting one. So I wanted to touch on it. And um, they're just saying production quality has been increasing rapidly. Re mm. you know, with technology and everything, but the way that people listen to music these days is actually. You know, people aren't putting the vinyl on like they used to. And well, they are, but mostly it's on a phone or on a laptop on the go. You know what I mean? And if we're pumping so much money into and well, we're going to touch on that. Right. But the Mm. studio quality that we have now, even bedroom recordings, the the sound quality is so much better than it used to be. There really is no excuse in this day and age to have a bad mix on an album. And yet. The way people listen is on a tinny. You can't listen to... Can you listen to metal on a phone, Zach? You know, if you put Spotify on, you start listening to metal. The frequencies are just wrong. I think you can listen yeah. to pop music on a phone, but you can't... I just can't listen to metal unless it's through good speakers, honestly. I've got to be honest with you. Um, I can't listen to music in general on a phone anyway. No, it's, I can it's, listen awful, to di- it's an awful way to listen. Like, I can watch videos... Because yep. it's mostly dialogue, but if it's if I'm talking about watching a video, like talking about watching a video, I'm talking about like, you know, something off YouTube, like might be like a gear review or a cooking show or something like that. Like, I'm not going to sit down and watch a Netflix episode of, yep. you know, I don't know, whatever TV show that I'm watching. Space Force. There you go. I'm not going to watch an episode of Space Force. Is that good. It is good. good. It is good. Oh, yeah? We can touch about uh, we'll touch on space. Uh, I might check on. that out. I saw an ad of it from. Yeah, it's some, it's definitely show. like low black comedy though. It's not like it's it's not just like laugh out loud, you know, all the time. It's mm. it's a little bit more going on. But anyway, but right, um, you're not listening. You're not sitting down. You're not you're not getting the audio file vibes from a phone. Okay, you need you need good speakers. You need good headphones, right? Yeah, and I listen to. If I ever listen to music on my phone, it's always through headphones. And honestly, it's fantastic listening to music through headphones. And I think, like, I I don't know. Is there is there more to the question, by the way? Or well, not really. It was just kind of it was just the idea that we're 
we're now able to create such good sound and music and yet the average listener is listening on five dollar earbuds or they're listening on their phone through spotify and it's kind of an interesting thing and i i, I bring up protest the hero because they they've brought out some new music recently a couple of singles um teasing the new album oh yeah and the first thing i noticed was the mix the the production was dare i say it zach lackluster and i think what they're trying to do is go about it strip everything back because i think they they did this big crowdfunding thing they went to the most expensive you know studio in canada to to get everything for the last time i I think it was canada um to get it produced and everything And, and it sounded that last album it sounded phenomenal uh the last two two things they did actually sounded phenomenal and i think they've tried to really strip it back and be like yo we can just do this in our bedroom like we can do this in our house cut the bullshit let's get these songs out quicker and the music is the meaningful part the production we don't need to spend a bunch of money but to me you know being an audiophile and being someone who puts so much time and effort into making the, the the music and the production and you know actually sound good as good as the composition it fell flat and mainly the vocals i think they just sounded like he's singing under a duvet it's really um, quite strange yeah. especially considering of you know how incredible a vocalist he really is um, well, I mean, yeah, and how big a band they are. But mm. I, I kind of, I do understand it, and I do respect their decision, though, if they're trying to, to strip back and go for a less financially dependent approach to recording music. Because at the end of the day, we shouldn't depend on chucking loads of money to to produce art. It should be natural and organic and stuff. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I mean, look, that polish I, 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 I'm sure that you know. You probably know I have a substantial amount to um, discuss about this particular topic. The fact, you know, being that I am actually a producer and mix engineer myself, that's my main job, um, and that I also actually might run my business out of a room that's about the same size as a bedroom. Um, yeah. And yet, um, you know, I guess, and I'm not trying to big up myself in any way, shape or form, but... I'm a prime example of a small budget and uh, a small workspace can equal a high quality and professional, you know, you know, mix and production that will give people something that they want, uh, and it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. So, I actually, I would say that I don't necessarily think that if people are ever concerned about saying, I want to get a production done, but I don't want to spend a lot of money, that they can't get a cheaper production done and still get a fantastic production and fantastic mix. Now, with that in mind, there's a few key factors that are the main things to think about when it comes to that, which as you are probably aware, obviously, Andy, it's all well and good to go and get yourself a cheap production if you want to get a cheap production, there's a limit to how cheap you can go before it loses the ability to sound good. <laughs> For sure. Um, but I would say that, like, in terms of the way that people are consuming music and the way that technology is currently going, that it's available for, for us to be able to create music and then have it made sound incredible, the technology is working in our favor right now. I mean, you know, I 
I, I've been talking to you about it, and I'm. It's not going to be a secret when this is out anyway. But I'm in the process of creating a first, my first lot of um, drum samples available for people out there. As is, um, you know, a couple other people that I know as well, who uh, a couple other producers who are fantastic producers, and they're going to be making, and they're already made. They're releasing that kind of stuff as well. This is all stuff that's going to be out there for people to use in a super cheap and super user-friendly way for them to be able to have professional-sounding drums super quickly. And then I'm going to create and release a whole bunch of videos explaining to them how they can do it using stock plugins that they have in their DAW. Anybody who's trying to create a music has a DAW. I mean, even if they're just using Reaper, which is free. Um, like I said, there's just no excuse. You know, It's so... It's so cheap. It's so easy to, to as lo- and the information is out there, which it wasn't. Mm. You know, it wasn't fifteen years ago. The amount of information we got now is ridiculous. It is, but it's just it's about the problem that is going on right now is that everyone has option paralysis. There's all of this gear and um, all of this gear available. There's all of this presumption that people feel generally that if they want to make a song they need a lot of expensive gear and they need to hire somebody who is super expensive to produce it for them and then they need to hire somebody else who's super fantastic at mixing they need to pay a whole bunch on really expensive mastering um and you know they need to spend a lot of money on creating fantastic music it's not true it's not it's plain not true you, you can get music created for an affordable price. An affordable price is not necessarily saying that you can get a song that's going to sound super, super awesome in the world of heavy music and you're going to pay $100 for engineering all the way to mixing and, and mastering. Like, to give you some perspective, in, in our country, here in Australia, if you wanted to go and get a professional quality recording for a one song, just a, a, a I don't know, like a metal song or a punk song or something like that in heavy music, you'd probably be expecting to pay anywhere between 800 to 1500 for a professional quality mix, depending upon what, whether or not you wanted real drums or program drums, basically. And that sounds to me like about of a reasonable, co- reasonable price. I don't know about you, Andy. Yeah, I mean, well, you're talking about Aussie dollars there. Australian dollars, which are far Nobody less really than American. really knows what that... I don't. I don't think anyone really knows what that's. What price did you say then? Um, so like, about eight hundred to fifteen hundred Australian. Is that for to record everything as well? That's that's to record everything with another engineer as well, and then editing and mixing and mastering as well. Uh, that's around a thousand US, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you can, but I, I honestly, I, I really stand by recording everything yourself if you can if you can get the the gear together and the know-how that you can track the album yourself di guitars that can be reamped later by someone who knows what they're doing knows how to dial in a good tone and you can program up your drums and give them to whoever's producing or mixing your record and say hey these are my this is my drum midi can you take this and create um you can you create yeah or if you've got if you've got a good drummer you can record just the drums at a good studio and then send those drums to a different guy to mix. I mean, with Moore's Principium Mess, with my solo album stuff, it's I, I do everything myself, and then I send it to Plek uh, at the Panic Room in Sweden, and he mixes and masters it, and it sounds unbelievable. 
And I'm not going to tell you exactly how much money we spend, but I can tell you it's probably a lot less than you think. And yeah. I can take care of everything else myself. And it arrives with him and he just makes it sound good. Um, and you don't need, you really don't need a lot of money. With, you know, you can get something done deeply these days if you just put in a bit of work yourself. And that, and every time we post a picture on the Mosbrun PMS page, album coming out and it's my my monitor and my shitty little monitor and my you know tiny little setup with um just a pc and you know focus right and every you know there's a few comments and it's uh i'm a bit worried about this how is this going to sound good and it's like dude i recorded every album this way i've recorded every album myself through through this almost identical setup to what i have now and i mean your uh, solo album is probably one of the best modern music productions that i've heard in the last five years i mean that's that that's that's not trying to 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 big up you i'm just that's just how i feel i feel like yeah i mean honestly that strong i had to like when plex sent that to me yeah the, the never after masters i got them back and i just laid on the floor with my, my headphones on and i just listened to them and i i literally i think i replied to him and of course it's tr it's tracked well guitars are tracked tightly blah, 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 but i'm not talking about that i'm talking about sending that off and then getting something totally different back and being like, I think I said to him, this is, this could be my favorite, you know, mix ever. I mean, really, it just sounded, it just blew everything out of the water. The production on, and for an independent album is quite unbelievable. So yes, it can be done people. It can be done. Um, it it certainly it certainly can be. And I, uh, before you but before you jump over to the next question, Andy, yeah, I kind of yeah. wanted to, I guess, sort of give people a little bit of perspective on, I guess, in my opinion, why your album sounds so good, and also why it is totally possible for anybody, so long as they are able to play their instrument and and sing, you know, whatever they need to do if if they're doing both or whatever, to be able to get something within the scope of what they're trying to do that is relative to what you've done. So I guess the the thing is, is that the biggest factor that we didn't really go into, which is probably the most important thing, is the fact that you actually, even though, you know, you're obviously your main thing now at the moment is a composer and a producer, you also really know how to engineer yourself very well and that's something that you've had a bit of advice on but you've worked out as well over what quite would you say comfortably you've been engineering yourself for 10 years now at least um i would say honestly about 20 years so there you go i so. mean i've been recording myself since i was 12 mm -hmm. so almost 20 years so you've actually been yeah. engineering technically for longer than i have um which is which is quite an funny thing <laughs> well yeah i mean i've been recording music i've been recording even drums since i got my fostex eight track um and delved into the world of music production yeah, yeah. i was probably 12 years old yeah so i've been i've been engineering for about 18 years andy so you got two on me mate so oh. well done um <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing to note is that a massive factor of why you're able to get things to sound as good as you do is because you know what you're doing when it comes to the engineering and you know what things are supposed to sound like at the start so that Plek can then make them sound 
the way that he has made them sound. And those are the probably the most important things to take away from this. So there's a lot of resources out there to provide to people on how to do that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm sure that if you wanted to know more about any of that kind of stuff, if you hit up Andy or I, we'd be able to help. Um, but for sure, I would say that that has probably the largest impact on, I mean, besides obviously well-written songs. Um, yeah, I think the arranging. The arranging. Yeah, getting a good, getting a good recording is the most important thing. It really is. Comes before anything else. Yeah. But it is totally achievable at home on your own, and you just need to go and buy yourself a basic interface with a decent preamp and be able to have a computer that you can record it into and have a good instrument. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you're good. Right, and you so. don't even, and this is a harsh thing to say, you don't even have to track the bass if you don't want to. I mean, it depends. You might not even be tracking anything. You might be doing some EDM or something and, you know, it's all there. It's all there. The options are there. They are. Make pretty much anything sound good these days. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm, let's move on, though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We'll have to move on now um, because this is becoming another episode in itself. Uh, we got <laughs> another question from Jerp or Jerpe. Jerpe. The J. I don't know. J-U-R-P-E. Thanks for the question. Um, why is rap music so popular and do you like it? Well, I do like a bit of rap, actually. I don't know about yourself, Zach. Well, I uh, can answer that question quite simply to say that I'm actually now producing rap and trap. Are you? Yes, I am. Nice. So, yes, I do like rap and trap and, you know, all of those kind of, I mean, there's a lot of different subgenres and all of that kind of stuff, just as many, if not more than metal. Um, well, we uh, have a we have an episode on genre, of, of the podcast on genres and I think, you know, we kind of touched on the rebellious side of music the political side of music and obviously rap music is a huge movement for you know as a culture as well and there's just so many reasons that's popular um oh yeah and i know, mean so many more so many reasons that that's it's such a... but yeah, yeah i've yeah go on i was gonna say no i i've probably liked rap for 20 years now i'd say um but i definitely think that in a funny, weird twist of fate, that it was actually heavy music that got me into rap the most. And that would be new metal. <laughs> of course. of course, Because new um, metal is my favorite kind of metal. So. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, look, new metal was, was a huge thing for, for most people our age, probably, who are into metal now. Um, I guess I've, I guess I've been in, you know, I haven't ever said that I've been into rap, but I've, I've always listened to it. Eminem or whatever was kicking around at the time um, obviously the new metal f phase and, and body count if you haven't heard that band you've got to go check them out oh my god yes, <laughs> yes Ice-T is the man he really is he really is and uh, not a bad actor either no um, so yeah um, I mean that's that's pretty much that I'm not going to go not going to go too much more into it um, because you know that's probably another podcast so Zach seven episodes yeah. You know, what, what, what have we learned? What have we learned about ourselves? And what have we learned about podcasting as a whole? Was it a good idea? Um, you know? I, I will say that it was a good idea. 
But I will say that we have learned a lot about podcasting. Like, oh, um, I, I, I initially uh, somewhat convinced Andy that this would be a good idea on the premise that it would be easy. <laughs> yeah, I think that was pretty much how you said it would go down. Um, look, it was easy. Uh, you you can certainly chat for days. I can chat for days. Yeah. Put us together with a couple of mics. We're going to chat for a long time. And, you know, you know, some, hopefully some kind of useful information came out of the drivel. But the hard part for me was editing all this stuff together. And then we decided to pretty much create a brand of tea hmm. that's non-existent and create adverts. And it just got, it got a bit cr- crazy, didn't it, Zach? It got a bit silly. It, it kind of did, I kind of like yeah. that. In a way, yeah. you know, we put our stamp on it, and uh, I think the video editing just uh, took it out of me with all those cuts. Got to uh, figure that out. Yeah, got to figure that out, Zach. That that sort of I feel like was the the thing that you you lost a lot of uh, love uh, for it for a short for a period of time there. I, I think. lost a lot of uh, I lost a lot of years of my life. But um, I think. Uh, the main takeaway from this is that uh, anyone who wants to know, uh, rumors are true, uh, Andy and I are actually starting up a country brew company. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're also potentially thinking of making a sitcom as well um, involving some of the characters. So This uh, is the first I've heard of it, I have to say, <laughs> but I'm on board, Zach. I'm on board. Yeah, yeah so we, we're going to try and see if we can find some people that we know that can, uh, you know, play important characters such as the dog that went up the mountain um, and uh, little Jimmy who fell off the skateboard. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to when we recorded these on a late evening and just it just got so strange so quickly. It did. But look, Zach, I, I, I got to say, man, you know, it's been a pleasure and... Uh, not ruling out doing any more of these. We probably will just do audio from now on, though, if we do. Mm. Um, and uh, it's just something that I wanted to do, and it's something Zach definitely wants to do and is continuing to do, and Zach has other podcasts as well that you should go check out. Um, for me, it was one of the very few things that I hadn't yet done. Um, I quite fancied myself as a, as a podcast host, so figured why not give it a go. And, you know, I would have to say, looking back, these episodes are too long and we ramble too much. There's mm. no doubt about that. But I don't, also, we've got to be, you got to know this isn't for everyone. So not many people have time to listen to the podcast. It's not something you can just quickly, everything's like 30 seconds, go, 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 attention span. And podcast isn't, isn't for those people. Podcast is for people who, you know, either they're driving to work or they need, you know, they want something to listen to that lasts longer than 30 seconds. And, you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, every now and then you'll get a comment. And of course, this isn't for everyone, but it was a pleasure to do it with you, Zach. And, you know, here's to, here's to you know, several more if we, if we get there. Oh. Hopefully people are still listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we, uh, I think we kind of smashed it out of the park a little bit in uh, in certain different ways. You know, we wanted to provide something to people that was informative. We wanted it to be fun. We wanted people to be able to 
you know, sort of get a bit of a better and deeper understanding of the way that Andy's mind works, um, you know. <laughs> um, I feel like we were successful there and we've we've got a lot more to share. So don't be surprised if in the not-too-distant future you see uh, a fresh episode of this podcast turn up. Um, just, you know, don't be surprised if it's all audio because it will be. Um, and whether or not the episodes are maybe like probably closer to sort of half an hour or 40 minutes long because I think honestly we can aim for an hour. I think two hours is too much Yeah, for most people. And I listen to podcast when I get into a podcast, I don't have much time these days, but when I do get into a podcast, I really like, I want it to last long. I want it to last a long time, Mm. but you know, Zach, nobody needs to listen to you and I for, for more than an hour. Nobody an hour is an hour is long enough. Yeah, an hour is a is a decent drive or uh, a you know Sunday uh, morning when you're deciding you wanted to chill out a bit before you go and do some things in the day. It's 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 long enough for your mind to sort of relax. And what better way to relax than listening to Andy Gillian? <laughs> well, you know. I can think of better things, but uh, but we're still we're still going to be here. So if this is what you decide is a relaxing time, you know, chuck us on. We'll have a little tr- we'll have a little chat. We invite you in. We're letting people in to our lives a little bit, and uh, you know, hopefully, we've offered some insight into some actual fact, you know, factual musical knowledge that can help you and uh, improve your. You know, whatever your musical projects are and whatever you're doing musically, or maybe just you fancy having a listen. Hopefully, we've provided something, Zach. I think, yeah. uh, if nothing else, it entertained us. So, yeah. thanks for coming along for the ride and uh, been fun. It certainly has. And uh, I guess on, on that note as well, if you know, if you ever have uh, any questions uh, for us, you know, feel, feel, please feel free uh, still to just. You know, chuck them in via for Instagram um, or YouTube comments, etc. Um, and uh, yeah, if you ever have any recording questions or anything along those lines, don't be afraid to ask me as well, um, because I'm happy to help. And I know Andy is always available to try and answer as many questions, but I'll probably um, sometimes. Be able to help when it comes to a lot of the recording stuff as well. And, um, yeah, if you guys uh, have anything that you need to know, let us know. Um, And most importantly, I can't thank you enough for listening, uh, especially considering I talk a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing that people have listened to these episodes and uh, I never take that for granted. I appreciate every one of our listeners, um, whether it's music that we're making or the, the ramblings. Mm. that we uh, that we create on this podcast so uh, thanks guys appreciate all your support always and um in these crazy times i just hope everyone's staying safe and staying positive definitely everybody take care of yourself uh we're going to take care of ourselves and uh yeah i uh i wish you all well and i feel like we're going to sign off on this episode and uh you'll find out soon enough when the next one is yep oh sounds good zach i'll catch you later buddy All right. Wait. All right. Cheers, guys. See ya.